0: Welcome to the Social Media Mindset Podcast. Social media is hard, but trying to do social media as somebody else is impossible. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome? Do you hate seeing yourself on camera? Are you unsure of what platform to be on and how often to show up there? Well, join the club. On every episode, you'll hear a real-life person talk about their successes and struggles on social media how they overcame their own insecurities, and they'll give practical insight for you to apply today. So if you're ready, let's start the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Social Media Mindset. And I I have got a special, special episode for you today. It's going to have nothing to do with social media, but it might have everything to do with social media by the way that you choose to implement this into your life i am joined today by an incredible friend of mine a brother he he has been a pastor like myself he has run grown created his, his own network through an incredible insurance business but now he he has truly found his calling his purpose in in life with with what he calls the improver network and and so if you've ever wanted to improve felt the need to improve sucked at improving because you didn't have the right system around you or the right people you are going to fall in love with this episode and so i want to welcome to the show my friend justin winstead what's up bro
1: What's going on, Mr. Draper? Man, that is like the greatest introduction ever. Like, uh, we can't really drop these mics, but that was a mic drop introduction.
0: You know, it's interesting. <laughs> Tons of people that come on my show tell me how good the intro was. So I don't yeah. know. I guess I'm just a it. there's just a another good class. Hype. I'm a hype man. There's
1: a, there's another coaching idea for you. You can do a thing on uh, how to do good intros. So. That's
0: right. <laughs> or it may just be that. I'm just really good at it. And I don't know that I can teach anyone else how to do it. Yeah. It's just,
1: it's just uh natural. Yeah. You got so, it, man. <laughs> Justin,
0: we're actually, we, we are in your studio today. Yeah. So though we're virtual, we're, we're sitting like five feet away from each other. And so it, it's fun to be in person. Tell everybody, I know I gave them a very quick rundown of, of, of who you are, but obviously you're going to do it far greater justice than me. So, Will you kind of tell the audience who you are, where you came from, and then we'll jump in?
1: Yeah, man, that's uh, great. It's one of those, how far back do we go? Like my great grandparents met in high school. uh, Come on, just all (laughs) the way back, dude. Let's go. No, I mean, the bottom line is, is that I feel like God has created me and put me on this planet to uh, make the world better. And that's where improver comes from. Uh, You know, Jesus commanded his followers. He said, you're supposed to go out and be salt and you're supposed to go out and be light. And both of those things are improver mechanisms. Salt makes things taste better. It preserves it. Light makes things uh, more enjoyable and protect and I just feel like that's what I'm called to be as somebody who goes out and and just makes things better so that's where the improver comes from the short bio story or at least as short as I can probably make it is raised out in northeast Louisiana as a poor country boy my dad was a high school dropout my mom was a public school teacher and we kind of struggled to get by in life and I grew up with this. Uh, we had big hearts and a feel for community, but man, we thought money was bad. Rich people were evil. And yeah. if you were successful in business, you cheated your way to get there. You evil scumbag. Right. Uh, and, and, and look, we were Republicans. I mean, colleagues. So, I mean, it was <laughs> like, but that was our mindset. Uh, growing up, uh, I found Jesus as a teenager. He radically transformed my life, and it's like, well, you didn't have much of a life as a teenager, but yeah, man, I had a direction, I had a trajectory that I was on, and I could see myself on. And he altered and just altered that trajectory and transformed my heart. And um, yeah, I went through college, had cancer at twenty one, so that's a part of wow. my journey. Went through. Six months of chemo, six weeks of radiation. And that really opened my eyes up to uh, how short life is. And I'm like, man, if I want to make the world better, I need to get going on this thing. And yeah. so I've always just had a, a drive to uh, to mean something and to matter. Uh, married, got four kiddos. Uh, we recently were able to adopt two of those four. Two of them are biological to us. The other two we adopted out of the foster system after about a four-year year. Journey and uh man yeah now we've we've won in business, and we're using business to fuel this coaching networking group where we're just trying to help people win personally and professionally as a way of making the world better
0: I love it man i there there's so much goodness in in all the things that you just said that that I can't wait to talk about um i man, I want to start here because i i I doubt you get asked this very often, um, uh, but I know that. Because I know who you are, everything that's happened to you in your life, you're using to your advantage, not seeing it as a disadvantage. And so, like when you think back to being 21, getting diagnosed with cancer, uh, period. But especially at that young of an age, like what what did you learn from that whole experience in life that that makes you better across the board today?
1: Yeah, man. Well, there was a ton of things, but I will say that one of the most important lessons I think anyone can learn, and look, I don't know who all is listening to this or what your faith backgrounds are or whatever, but for me, I feel like we were created to have a relationship with the creator of the universe yeah. and the ability to actually hear his voice because it's hard, man. We have our own internal monologue that's playing and you got family and friends and you've got marketing and, and the news media and there's all these things that are that are kind of chatting in your ear. And to me, the most important thing is the ability to be able to tune in and say, wait, what is my loving father? What is the creator God? What is he speaking to me? Because he's got the real vantage point. He is the reality. And I feel so much about that now, but the seeds of that were planted back then because mm-hmm. it was really going through that incredible storm and challenge. Uh, that's when I began to hear the whispers more loudly, and I be, began to be able to discern. Wait, what are these people saying versus what? Are, what is the voice of God? And so that was one of the greatest lessons, but then also just realizing the compassion of people and how everyone's made differently. It was kind of cool. I got to sit when I was doing my chemo treatments, you know, here I'm a college student in my early 20s. And I'm in this room with uh, mostly people who were in their 50s or older, and I'm doing chemo with them, spending several hours in a day. And we're just sitting there all fighting this battle Together. And so, another thing I really grab from that is the ability to listen to someone who has been there, someone who's older, someone who's wiser, someone who has experience that you don't have, how valuable that that is to be able to to grasp that. Yeah, you asked me at Mm -hmm. 21, do you want cancer? Of course not. If you were to ask me today, in order to gain the wisdom that you gained from those people, would you go through cancer again? And the answer is absolutely. I would go through cancer again today. In fact, I'd be excited, like bring it on if that's what I had to do to gain that much.
0: Bro, it, it's wild to hear you say that. And I, I believe you because I know you when you say that, because I, I, will, I, I don't think I need to ask this anymore based on what you just said, but I'm going to ask it anyway for the sake of the listener, because obviously once you have cancer, you're more likely to get it again. Right. than then somebody who's never had it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, do you ever struggle with living in, in a fear that just says, holy cow? I mean, like mm-hmm. something could show up this morning, some, something a pain could get here tomorrow. And like everything changes for me. Like, how does that not just live as this dark cloud like over mm-hmm. your life as you try to just continue to put good out into the world? Man that's that's a powerful
1: it's a great question. Uh yeah, you know, uh, a few years ago I ended up having to go into the emergency room for for a medical thing that happened and they gave me this drug cocktail and this thing I don't know what it was but my heart started beating fast. I was there in the emergency room alone and my heart's beating fast and like I'm thinking that I'm about to die in that moment mm. and it was a weird thing that happened to me because as it hit me like I may die right now I remember thinking to myself, man, I'm actually um I actually I feel more attached to this world now. I was more afraid of dying then than I was at 21. And it, and at 21, you know, on the one hand, it's scary to go through that at that age. On the other hand, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. I right. didn't have a business that I'd built. I didn't mean that much to a lot of people. My family, of course, loved me, but it wasn't, I didn't have those connections now I feel like I've built something. And and also then I struggled, like I was just barely getting by financially. And like, there was still so much grind in life. And I was trying to live for the glory of God, but I was not at a phase where I was enjoying the grace of God. Mm. And so now like I'm in this phase of life where God's been so good and gracious. And like, I've got four kiddos, I've got a wife, I've got beautiful friendships. And I feel like I've got this thing that I want to live for. So yeah, it's actually weird that I feel like even though I've progressed so far in my wisdom and my faith and just in my maturity, but in this particular area, I feel like I have almost regress in the sense that sure. I'm more afraid of death today than I was before. And I say afraid, it's more I'm just attached. Uh, but overall, um, that's why I think you just got to, it's a little cliche, but you kind of got to live each day as if that could happen to any of us. I probably yeah. watch too much news. That's one of my bad habits. And yeah. so- the, the good and bad of that is, is I've been exposed to all these things where people, you know, uh, unexpedi- unexpectedly have a tragedy that happens yeah. or, and so I'm very aware. So maybe I'm desensitized a little bit uh, to it, but yeah, uh, you just have to push forward and you got to say, man, the cancer could come back tomorrow. Sure. So I saw into a guy today and he was telling me, he's like, dude, you're so young to try to be doing coaching. You're in your thirties. Like, why don't you wait like another 10 or 20 years to where, you know, you're, you've got the credentials and you've got the trophies on the wall and I'm going, dude, I may not have 10 or 20 years. Like I got to live the right. life God's called me to live today.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, for real, man. That That's, that's so good. Like now I know obviously everybody doesn't have the fear of cancer hanging over them. Mm-hmm. Right. But everybody deals with fear. Of of and it doesn't matter if your fear is greater than my fear. Like the bottom line is your fear is your fear. My mm-hmm. fear is my fear. So to me, it's the worst thing I've ever felt in my life. Right. To you, worst thing you've ever felt in your life. So talk to me about like when when you're talking to to one of your people inside of the improver network and they're just talking about just how fearful they are, being afraid, being nervous. Like, what are practical things on those days that you wake up and you've allowed fear a little bit closer seat to the table than you would on a normal day? How do you kind of get back to center? How, how do you begin to alleviate that fear from from the way you think?
1: Yeah, man, that, that is really good. And this is a really uh, practical piece of the whole fear conversation that sometimes gets missed. But There's a few things. One is I do believe in the uh, name it aspect of like whatever the fear is, just like call it out, like acknowledge it. Don't try to hide from it. I, I do like the way you set the question up and talked about how, man, your fear and my fear may be different, but one's not more valid than the other. I think one of the things that's happening in our culture and society right now is we're saying, you millennial, you're you're afraid that somebody's going to judge you on social media. Like that's so petty. My my granddad fought in World War Two, right? And like they're looking down, but like for that person that's trying to make that post, that is a real fear yeah. to them. And just like Maslow has this different hierarchy of needs, there's different levels of fear, and based on your situation and third world problems for the people facing them are still problems. <laughs> and so right. So you're right. So name it and be okay with that and say, you know what, this is a fear and I'm going to acknowledge that. Uh, Another thing is to don't let what you don't know rob you of what you do know. Mm. And so a lot of fear is rooted in what you don't know. I don't know how that person's going to respond to my uh, photo or I don't know what they're going to respond to this message that I'm going to send them. I don't know how they're going to respond to my uh, business idea. Well, stop thinking about what you don't know and start listing all the things I do know. You know, what I know about Draper is he's always encouraging. He's never judged me. He's never done this. So why am I afraid of tossing this thing out there? Like yeah. the worst thing that happens is he doesn't like it, but it's not like he's going to throw tomatoes at me and boo me off the stage. <laughs> Maybe. <you know? laughs> Maybe. If I've got some tomatoes nearby. <laughs> so don't let what you don't know, rob you of what you do know. Count those things of what you do know. It creates some security. And then the last one, and I'll give credit where credit is due, uh, Jesse Itzler was the one who shared this one with me. Okay. But he's accomplished some incredible feats in business, sold a couple of businesses for a billion dollars each. Wow. Um, and he got asked a question about fear one day, and I loved his answer, and it totally shifted my paradigm. He said, the thing you got to realize about fear is, is that the the monster that you're letting intimidate you, that thing that you're most afraid of, it's a figment of your own imagination. Like mm-hmm. the monster under the bed is not actually under the bed. You've made it up. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that there aren't real risk and dangers and that there aren't bad things that can happen based on how you, there are hazards. If you decide to go launch a business, there is a risk that something could happen to put you out of business, mm-hmm. but it's not the one you're thinking about. It's not the one you're really afraid of. It's actually a blind spot. The thing that is your biggest threat, you aren't even concentrating on. Right. The thing you're thinking about all the time, you've made that one up and you've blown it up. So just realize that monster is fake. Plow through it. You're going to have things that happen to you and at you, but it's not the things that you're really afraid of. Those are made up.
0: Dude, I love that. So, and, and since this is my podcast, am I, I got, am I allowed to give <laughs> give a tip as well? So, yeah,
1: man, go after it. This is awesome.
0: So I was... <laughs> I'm rereading uh, a book. It's called "Crash the Chatterbox," and it's a it's written by it's this morning, and um, he gets into this whole section where where basically he teaches to to just take this phrase and apply it when it, w- whether it's fear right? It it could be resentment towards someone. It it could be the unknown, but but he just said to just stop and and ask yourself, who told you that? Mm, Yeah. Who told you that? So whatever you're believing right now, who told you that? What is the source of, of that thing, of that story, right? Because what I've found in my own life is more often than not, I can trace who told me that to a lie from the enemy, right? Directly the devil. Mm-hmm. And so I can go look at scripture and go, well, man, that's interesting. I'm believing that I'm not worthy. I'm believing that I'm not good enough. I'm believing that I'm not measuring up yet. Scripture says that I'm more than enough, mm-hmm. right? That with the faith of a mustard seed that I can move a mountain. And so I don't have any mountain size issues in my life. And, and so I just, man, I read that this morning. I was like, holy crap. I can't wait to share that in a video somewhere (laughs) because I just love it. It's so practical. Who told you that? Right. Cause isn't that what we do with our kids when like our daughter will come from school and she's like, Hey, guess, guess what I learned today. And she says it. And we're like, uh, who told Told you that? (laughs) Right. Like, that's the first thing we say naturally. I just don't think we've ever applied it to our thoughts. So I thought I thought that was pretty powerful. Man, I love
1: it. Yeah, the source on it. Uh, we actually had a guest in uh, for our podcast uh, recently. And you know, one of the things he was talking about, and he was connected with uh, government. He was with the uh, Family Research Council, does a lot of work in D.C. But he said part of the problem is, is that we're having to take rules and all these uh, laws and policies are being passed by people who really don't care about us. And he was advocating for policies that say, Hey, get out of there because we need to have it to where our kids are getting information from people who actually care about them, not some right. nameless, faceless bureaucrat. And so it's that same right. deal. Like, who is it that's actually giving you the information? Do they care? Do they have your best interests in mind? Or do they have some other uh, agenda? So you're right on. I love that, man. I need to write that one down. So yeah, I'm, I've got the
0: book <laughs> with me. I'll cool. I'll show it to you. You take a picture of it. Awesome. So Justin, I want to talk about the Improver Network because you have you have the Improver Podcast which has been super cool so far and uh, still very much in its infancy mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's growing and and then a part of improver network, you've got multiple layers to it, you know there's a coaching element to it, there is a community element to it. you you're putting on workshops. I know just like a month ago, oh gosh is, no, it wasn't a month ago because it's already February. it was December. Holy cow, the world moves <laughs> fast right like where I came to one of the workshops, Where we, we put vision boards together Mm -hmm. and y'all had tons of magazines and scissors and glue. And (laughs) I mean, I, and, and at first I'm like, how old am I? Did I just, (laughs) did I, man, I'm 40 years old. Did I just revert back to being a 12 year old (laughs) and like cutting stuff out of a newspaper? And, but, but I'd never in my 40 years of life, I'd never actually done a vision board. And now it's on the wall in my office. I see it every day, multiple times a day. And that's just such a simple thing that, ju- that just so happens to be a part of the Improver Network. And so just kind of talk about the, the, the vision you have for the Improver Network. And then I also want us to spend a good chunk of time talking about people that just go, oh, like I just thought, I just thought you got better as you got older, like (laughs) I've never really put any intentional thought into improving because isn't that just what, like you're a better version of yourself in your thirties than you were in your twenties. And like, and and so I want to just kind of hear your thoughts on, do we just get better or are we kind of missing it?
1: Yeah, man. Oh, there's so much, so much into that. I totally appreciate the question. So Uh, Yeah, I guess the way I'd like to start chatting about this is to think about the old adage, and I'm gonna let you fill it in, but it's, um, you're going to be the same person 10 years from now that you are today, except for what, do you remember the rest of that phrase? Have you ever heard this? Oh,
0: You might have set me up for something. Did I? Oh
1: man, I thought well, you don't. You know what? The thing is, you're an awesome because you do social networking. But if you go to these networking groups, this is the thing they always say all the time. I didn't mean to to, to set you up for failure there, but you're the same person 10 years from now that you are today, except for the people you meet and the books you read. That's what that's been around for like a a while that people say that. And I keep hearing that in these networking circles. The challenge with that is is I know uh, others who are always meeting people and they're always reading books. Mm-hmm. And they're still the same person. Yep. So I think that maybe in days past, where people really read books to learn the information and they really met people to make connections, that that adage was true. But now, content is yeah. everywhere, yeah. and you can meet people so easily. So what, what the way I kind of think about the principle of that though is you're going to be the same person ten years from now that you are today, except for the content that you're absorbing and the connections you're making. And so, to me, what we're trying to do is we're saying, if you want to improve, you got to change what's going into your mind and into your heart, what you're letting, uh, what you're absorbing. And then you've also got to change the connections that you're making, the people that you're letting speak into you and be around you. It's not just about the fact that you know somebody, it's about the fact that you're connected. And so, that's what we're trying to do here in short is we're saying, hey, let's create an environment where People who are trying to win at business, but they also are trying to win personally and with their family. And they're also trying to balance this all in the paradigm of their faith, which seems a little bit under attack in some ways. And they're going, man, how do I live out this life and win in all these areas? It seems impossible. I start winning at work and home suffers. And I start investing more with my wife and kids. And now work uh, goes down. And it's so difficult to where do I focus? How do I find balance? Why am I discouraged? Why am I so distracted? And we're trying to create an environment where we can address those issues. Like, man, here's where you focus. Here's how you can balance those priorities. Here's some community that cares about you, that it's in, that, that really wants to see you win. And our ultimate vision is to make the world a better place yeah. by helping people improve themselves personally and professionally. Because the thing is, Kyle, if I go and help you become a better person and then a better business owner, you're that The world's already better just like that. And if right. we can multiply that at scale, man, what a great place it would be if we had business owners who instead of being depressed and stressed and considering divorce, considering suicide, considering bankruptcy, what if they're actually winning in such a way they could give back to their communities? Mm. If we can multiply that all around this country, around the world, man, we can lift entire groups of people up and just be a light. And that's the vision of what we're doing here at Improver
0: man i i love it i i i love being a part of it um I, I think gosh in in the in the in the entrepreneurial spirit of people i i if if well i'm i'm not going to speak for everybody for me i know it took me a long time to ever be willing to to admit to someone that like I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, spoiler alert. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. That's all of us, by the way. Right. (laughs) And so then you, it gets even worse because if we're not careful, if I'm not careful, I look up and feel like I've put myself on an island. Right. And I've convinced myself that like, no one understands what I'm going through. Nobody really cares what I'm going through. If I say anything to anybody, I'm going to be found out for the fraud that I am. And, and so we all just kind of like, we we put ourselves in these corners. And then what, what I found fascinating, Justin, is we can even hang out with people. But because we never get beyond like, oh, what's up, bro? Like who you cheer for in the Super Bowl? <laughs> and like, that's it. And it's like, yep, great networking event. That was awesome. You know, four Chiefs fans and three Philly fans. <laughs> like how how does somebody that's not used to opening up to people like what's their first step in mm. in and like allowing themselves to be vulnerable yeah
1: man the vulnerability question and and concept is so challenging for a lot of people especially in a world where we are supposed to portray this idea that we have it all together and we're, right. we look and we're comparing ourselves to everyone else on social media and, and our neighbors. And we're like, man, they seem to have it all together. So I got to pretend to have it all together. Yeah, And so, so it is a challenge uh, to say, man, I, I actually, I don't, I don't have it all together. So one of the ways that we try to combat that uh, challenge is to say, let's create an environment where all of us are saying, none of us are, are perfect. We're all improving. The, the network of improvers are not people who have improved. they are people who are saying, hey, we're all trying to get better, which yeah. by definition means there's something that we're not doing right that we could do better. So creating an environment for that. We had a guy on one of our coaching calls last week. It was like a second time connecting with the group. And he's a young entrepreneur. He's a doctor, okay, running a practice. But he's like, man, I've launched my practice but I've got $17 in my checking account. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like with how do I manage my money? He's like, and then I found out he actually has money in the business, but he's never had anybody coach him on the business side of his practice. He knows the medicine side, but he was in a group where he was able to share that out and just admit, Hey, I know I'm a doctor and I'm supposed to have all this money and everybody's supposed to, but let me just tell you, like, I I, got to get some money in there to make rent you know and him opening up it totally transformed our conversation as a group and then later I did a one-on-one coaching with him recommended some resources gave him a structure for how he could pull out profits and how he could make sure his bills get paid and this guy said man he said i didn't realize it's actually making me a better doctor by figuring out how to do this business mm-hmm. thing better but creating an environment where somebody like that could confess like man i don't you know have it all together. And then even for me this week, I've put out videos on social media and I've had some comments saying, thank you, Justin, for sharing that. Because I confess to some people, I say confess, that's probably not the right word, but I let it be known that, hey, I don't just have coaches for myself, but actually I have a counselor. I see a therapist as well. And there's some people like, wait, what? Dude, you're the coach. I thought you had it all. Mm. I'm like, no, no, dude. I need somebody that's like That's taking care of me as well, because I've got issues. I'm jacked up in a lot of ways, but I'm just doing something about it. So I'm trying to lead the charge on that saying, Hey, I don't have it all figured out.
0: (laughs) So, Dude, it's, it's fascinating to me how we've, we've kind of convinced ourselves that hiring a coach, seeing a counselor, going to a therapist, like all of that is for broken people. Which is technically true, true, because we are all broken, (laughs) right? But we've, we've just, we've created such a negative connotation. And it, and it, and it's interesting to me, especially now that like I'm back to being a coach, right? So you and I are, Mm -hmm. are coaching kind of in tandem in the same direction. Like I've been saying more and more to people, like, do not hire a coach that is not also being coached. Absolutely. Because it does not make sense to hire someone to do something for you that they don't value for themselves. Yeah. What what do you you think about that?
1: Oh, it's absolutely true. And it's not even value because maybe they do value some of the things, but it's do they actually possess it? Like you cannot give away what you do not possess. You have to possess it in order to give it away. And so Mm -hmm. all these coaches that are trying to give value to their people, but yet they aren't actually possessing that thing they're just copying what somebody else said they're not actually given value there right. and there is there is a lot of uh, a lot of that out there so you definitely have to be filled up in order to fill others up one of the reasons that some of the people that are going to be listening to or watching this are they're struggling so much with leading their people because they're trying to lead those people to a place they've not gone themselves mm-hmm. they're trying to take them somewhere and, and get them to make the hard choices that they didn't make. And you can't, part of being a leader is getting there first. Yeah, It just means that like, hey, I know where we're going. I've got the vision. Yeah. I've been here and I want you to come along with me. Uh, one of my favorite uh, concepts of this is the Sherpa people who help uh, get got people up Mount Everest Mm. and these people actually their whole bodies have changed because they have acclimated so well to climbing the mountain. They actually have a different physiology than like the average person does because they've changed themselves so much that they don't just know how to get up the mountain. They know how to take others up the mountain and get on there safely. And what we have is, is a bunch of people trying to run businesses. They're trying to lead their families. They're trying to coach others and they've never been up the mountain themselves, but yet they're said, Hey, let's all go up Mount Everest. Yeah. And yeah. then they're wondering why people are dying along the way, not physically, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so
0: well, yeah. I mean, one, one could argue that uh, a financial death, a spiritual death, like those could be more painful Yeah. than if you weren't just wiped from the face of the earth. Because you get to now watch other people's lives be broken because you know of your own malpractice. Yep.
1: One of the absolute best things that some of the listeners could do is to ask themselves, like, am I fully charged? Am I filled up? Because what your family actually needs, what your team actually needs is they need the best version of you. Mm -hmm. And it's not selfish for you to say, you know what? I'm going to take some time out and go read or listen to a book. I'm going to take some time out and go on a date with my spouse. I'm going to take some time out and go get a massage and try to release some of the stress. I'm going to go see a therapist. I'm going to go on a vacation. You can't do that all the time. But if that's what it takes for you to recharge a little bit and get your energy your people need that more than an extra eight hours that day of you watching them do their work or right. you trying to pretend to be somebody you're not. They need you to be fully charged. So ask yourself, am I fully charged? Am I giving them the best version of me?
0: That's so good. I love that. I, I want to I ask you a random question. Yeah. What is? What is a question that you don't get asked very often? That you think people should ask you more? Hmm. Man, a question that I don't get
1: asked often, but I wish people would ask more. Hmm. Man, you 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 got me back. You stumped me.
0: Uh well, because you know, question, we so. <laughs> we I, I believe that there's a big difference in like the way we see ourselves and then the way everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are things that I see myself as as kind of an expert on but that like my people don't necessarily see me that way. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, I, I, I'm always interested by, by this question. Yeah,
1: I think, um, man, that is so big. And my mind goes so many different ways. Uh, The only way I know kind of how to address that is I think if you hear the word coach, the first thing that comes to mind is a, a sports coach of a team. And they're like, oh no, no, it's not that kind of coaching. And if you say the word life coach, Man, Man, there is so much ick associated, yeah. Yeah. you know, with that. And so sometimes I wish people if you started saying, hey, because, but also if you start saying things like improvement coach or whatever, it's like you get too nuanced. People don't really know how to categorize that. So I guess. I wish people sometimes would say, well, well, what does that mean to you? What, what does it mean for you to yeah. be a life coach? Because here's what I found out is that there are a lot of life coaches out there who are uh, doing this as a side hustle because they got laid off from a job or like they're working out of their home office and they don't have anything else to do, but they've got an opinion and they feel like their opinion needs to be shared with the world. So are like, I'm a life coach, you know, but they don't really have the right experience. They don't have any kind of... Yeah. um uh, education or training around anything. And they don't understand things like confidentiality. Like mm. uh, That's one thing that therapists and counselors, if they go and disclose a detail about you even being a client or patient, much, much less anything about your, your issues, somebody, man, they're losing licenses. They're out of work, but these life coaches can just... So there's a lot of ick associated yeah. with that. So people run from it. But for me, what I'm saying as a life coach is I'm not your counselor, but what I am is I'm going to come alongside you, and like I'm going to help you find focus, and I want to keep you accountable. I want to encourage you and inspire you to your goals, like just like a coach on the sidelines telling that player, run this way, and you'll score the touchdown. That's what I want to do because you don't see if you run it a different way, you'll score, and that's what I want to do is help people win. And so, I I guess that's one of the things I would love for people to understand or know that I feel like there's just this weird connotation of coaching. Yeah. That to your other question, I'm either too good or I can't, I can't confess that or go be vulnerable or those coaches, man. I've had bad experiences with that.
0: Yeah. Man, I, I agree with you. I, I think we get a bad rap. Um, but I think it's justified. Yeah. Sure. Because of the, of the crap that, that's out there. Um, I also think we're, we're very quick if we're not careful to like just start giving opinions and advice about the <laughs> things we don't know, right, you know, and so, like in my coaching program, it's designed for real estate agents but i've I've never been a realtor, so my business partner is a real estate broker mm-hmm. i don't I don't mess with that stuff, you know when people ask real estate related questions, I'm not like, oh yeah yeah, 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 let me I got that I got that because I don't have that, yeah. And, and so I think that a level of maturity has to take place where we're okay with admitting the things we're not good at, but that at the same time, that doesn't crush our egos and then make us incapable of being able to help anybody,
1: mm, mm-hmm.
0: you yeah. know? And so it, it's just a, it's, it's so interesting. And th- this is a sucky title too, but I, I think a lot of times, like we're probably more accountability coaches. Mm-hmm. Then we are anything else. Yeah. You know, it's, we, we were doing a coaching call uh, Wednesday and one of the girls in our group, she's been struggling with like putting content out there. She has it all. It's all recorded. She <laughs> just can't actually hit post. And so I asked her about it on our call and she was like, well, she's like, I feel like I'm taking steps forward and I've, I've tried, I've done, I'm doing this. And, and, and my partner was like, Good job, way to way to go! And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Did, have you posted anything since last week? Well, no. And I was like, then you have done nothing. <laughs> Why are we coddling? And be like, oh, great job! You know, you yes. fought harder about it. That's incredible. Yeah. And it, you know, so I, sometimes I just feel like I'm freaking kicking people in the butt, yeah. just trying to get them to take action. Well.
1: You know, and, and I do think some of it's accountability, but I think the biggest thing is is a distorted reality, and we're just trying to actually give them. Wait, let, let's give you a different angle because I think you're looking at it from a weird angle that's distorting it. Yeah, and so that's what you're doing. You're saying no, though. No, this isn't good, and you just need to go ahead because here's the reality: like a good something is better than a best nothing. Put it out there, and it's a good mm, it's post good. is better than a best one that never never gets done. I love so, that. So just get it going. I had a conversation at a luncheon today with a guy and he was in insurance and he was telling me he was like, man, it's just so difficult right now because the premiums are doing this and the carriers doing that. And I'm at 18 million, but I'm trying to get to 20 million. And I just don't know if I can I can do it because of what's happening in the market and with competition. And I was like, dude, let me just stop you there. I get it. Like I did insurance for 13 years. I know all of this is going on, but that's not the reason you're not at a 20 million dollar agency <laughs> like. Stop worrying about that. The reason you're not at a $20 million agency or greater is because of your leadership lid and your inability to multiply yourself among your leaders. If you want to grow your agency, you can be at $50 million. If you can just learn how to be the best leader, you can be and multiply yourself. And he was like, man, he's like, I, I was in a different world. Like he was, he admitted, I was thinking about it differently. And that's, I just had to, he had a distorted reality so of the reason he was in that situation. And then, so that's what we do.
0: Did yeah. you get his address after that? So you could bill him for oh, that absolutely. advice? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. As we, as we wrap this up, uh, we're not, I'm not Joe Rogan. I don't yeah. know how to do marathon episodes oh, like he man. does. I'll uh, train you. Let's me and you do it one day, though. Okay. <laughs> Let dude we let's try to do a 24 hour podcast. What? Okay. I'm and we'll, we'll schedule guests. I love it. Like, we'll I we got to have some live be, three portions of it. I think right, we should stream all like, of it, the, the whole thing. Well, like, we could have a background stream, bro. I'm in, I'm for real in. We'll get Gab Hart in here. We'll move this small studio
1: out and get out into our big
0: uh, our yes. big room. That way we can we can really go. All right. And, coming soon yeah. <laughs> to a theater near you. 24 hour podcast. Oh, okay. Right. What? So a lot of people ask like, what's your favorite book? Mm-hmm. I want to know what book do you give away to others the most and mm-hmm. why?
1: Man. Yeah, I do give away a lot of books, but a, a lot of the people that, um, that I'm working with, they're busy entrepreneurs who so are like, man, I don't read at all. Like, I don't know how to start, uh, you know, just the habit of it. So I love the book. QBQ, the question behind the question, Mm. because it's got about 30 or 31 chapters, and it takes about two minutes a day to read a chapter. Like It is so easy to read, but for the length of it, it has the most meat in those small chapters. A lot of books, these authors feel the need to add a bunch of fluff to make it a thick book, but it's like, you got to really parse through all the, the fluff and stuff to get to the meat. Well, this one's pretty much all meat. And Uh, So there's two things you could do. You could sit down and read it in a 30 or 45 minute session and be like, man, dude, I just read a whole book and it's hardback. Like I just read this whole book in one sitting or or you could take it as a 30 day, a month long deal. Hey, I'm not a good reader, but I can take one or two minutes a day and read it. And then it. the the content in the book is about eliminating blame, eliminating procrastination, you know, taking responsibility and for me the people that I coach, that's got to be the first thing they got to realize is like, wait, I'm responsible and I can change my future. I've got potential that I'm not realizing yeah. and I'm going to stop blaming the market, I'm going to stop putting it off and I'm going to get started today. So it's a good first step book. So I love the old love classic it. QBQ. Who
0: who wrote that? That was John Miller uh, who wrote Q B Q. Okay, Yep. dude, I, I've never, I've never heard, even heard of it. Well, I'm gonna give so. you
1: one before you leave today, then <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> out there. So,
0: um, yeah, I love it. I can't wait. We'll link it in in the show notes too, so that everybody else who's not in the office with Justin today, <laughs> um, you can't be given a, a copy. You can go buy one. Yeah, and uh, Justin will pay you back. He'll, re- <laughs> you know, just shoot him a Venmo request, and he'll pay you back for it. There you um, go. Okay, so somebody wants to be a part of improver network you're located in Colleyville, texas mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff you do is in person right so yep. obviously there's listeners to the show in a couple other places than dallas fort worth mm-hmm. so what does it look like for somebody that wants to consider being a part of improver network
1: yeah, no, it's a great question. Well, we do some in-person things for sure, but we also have a large amount. Like our, our content is digital. When we do workshops and things, cool. we always put the recordings. up. There are online courses that can be taken. Uh, we also do a twice a month community call that's on Zoom where people can jump on, and that one's just for community. We're uh, we don't really have a, a coaching presentation yeah. uh, per se, but it's more of like, man, where where are your wins? By the way. Uh, Good and getting better is our tagline here. And part of the way we see improvement is always sell. There you go. Let me back up right here. (laughs) And part of what we believe is that in order to truly get better and improve, you got to be able to take stock of what's really good. You got to be content without being complacent. You got to celebrate wins. So we give people a place to celebrate and and to share their wins, and then we transition on that call to how can we get better. So those are community calls. If you're in our coaching level uh, membership, we have a once a month coaching call that we do. Starting in April, we actually have multiple cohorts that are going to be meeting online at different days of the week, couple of times a month, and we're going through a one year program that is going to help you be a 100X person. You're going to be 100% of who you were meant to be. You're going to be at peace. You're going to be productive, living out your purpose. And the X is you can actually multiply yourself. So these are ways people can engage us digitally. And we're going to have people all across the country uh, participating in that. So we're here for all.
0: And so they they get more information about that where...
1: You know the easiest thing at this point. We're going through uh, some messaging and rebranding stuff because you know I talk about being vulnerable. Yeah, my marketing sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You've helped me so much with the social media videos and all, but I've like I'm just now getting help with. uh, Dude, I went and looked at your website. I watched this intro video. I looked at this brochure, and none of this stuff meant anything to me. I don't get it. So we're working on that. So I'd say. If you're really interested, email me at justin at improvergroup dot com. Justin okay. at improvergroup dot com, and I can help parse through all of the offerings that we have
0: to see what actually would fit you and help you to be better. I love it, bro. I I can't just say thanks for coming on my show. Thanks for letting <laughs> me invade your podcast. Oh, I love
1: space. it. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's like somebody come over to your house uh, and they cook dinner in your kitchen. That's I love right, it, man. You know?
0: <laughs> so I'm so appreciative for you, man. I love you. I, I, I'm grateful for your influence in my life. And uh, I'm excited for my people to, yes. to now know you as well. And so, guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another cool person with an even cooler story. See ya. thanks for listening to the social media mindset podcast if you enjoyed this episode please go follow and reach out to my guest also please consider sharing and leaving a review wherever you consume this content because this is the world we live in and your review online for others to see is invaluable for the success of this show and remember you're amazing talk to you soon